Welcome everyone to the Pile Driver. That's right. Episode three coming at you right here, live from good old Louisville, Kentucky. Um, it's been a while since my last podcast. I'm sorry. There's been a lot of things going on that I wasn't able to sit down and record one. Uh, I have a lot of things coming up in the future. Um, and uh, I'm going to release probably two this week, back to back to make up for not having the one uh, last week. So I do apologize, but um, it's going to be great and I'll get right started to it. But first, I want to give a shout out to LiveSportsCaster.com. They're the platform that allows me to have this podcast and um, and it's an awesome website. There's a lot of other podcasts on there, sports related. Check it out uh, if you're a sports fan. I mean, from football, basketball, baseball, U of O sports, Kentucky sports, all those type of things. Uh, just check it out. Uh, all different, all all, all around um, showdown, basically uh, what's out there. Uh, so give them a go ahead and sc- scroll up and down and check some other podcasts out. Pretty soon, I'm in the process of getting this podcast put on iTunes. Um, so be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for that. I'll, I'll link that up when that's available. Uh, the, the guys at Live Sportscaster is going to be helping me out with that too. So it's just, uh, but I do appreciate what they've done and what they're doing. And it's a great website, um, great avenue for me to put the podcast up, and a lot of people to have stuff too. So check out other things, but and check out all the sponsors. Click on all the links if you check them out. If you need uh, what, everything you need, all the all the there's their advertisements on there for a reason. Those advertisements is what helps this website run and what's up these shows happen. So please click on them and give them a shout out and let them know that Slap Sportscaster sent you to them. Um, that's a quick plug that I had for that right there. Um, so I'm going to get started uh, with um, with this podcast. Now we have a lot that's happened since the last time we've had uh, a Raw before SummerSlam. We had SummerSlam and then we had... Um, and then we had the Raw after SummerSlam. I'm going to go into details and a lot of that... Um, Different things, like I said, I'm going to break this up in probably two parts. Uh, episode three and episode four is going to be released this week. Uh, I'm just going to call it part one, um, and then um, and then we'll, we'll I'll do part two later on. Um, but one of the first things I want to get started into is actually something I put on a on a group message on Facebook. I'm in I'm in I'm in a pro wrestling talk group on uh, Facebook, and um, you know we we chat over about a lot of things going on and. Some of you are probably even some of those people are listening to this podcast right now and help support it, help download it, so, and so to speak. Um, so um, one of the things I'll put a question out there about a week or so ago. I said, uh, name your top five finishers, uh, finishing moves, and the response was unbelievable. I was I, I thought I would just get a couple people to say a couple things, and I said top five for a reason because you can have, you know quite a few moves you might like but your top five like the old time best that you can think of because it's hard to just narrow down to one or two but if you can get five you can kind of you can kind of go bold a little bit now wrestling moves itself and finishing moves are two different things although sometimes they're the same depending on the wrestler uh so it's amazing when you see um what wrestlers will use as their finisher and what wrestlers will use as is not one of the things i used to hate was when I used to see a wrestler, a top-performing wrestler, have a finishing move um, that was a basic finishing move that another wrestler would do the same thing, and that wouldn't be a finishing move. It would just be their basic move. And um, it used to drive me crazy because it's like, real, you can't make that, you know, if you're on the same card and on the same thing, especially if those wrestlers end up coming together and make, having a match together. It's like, okay, how is this going to work out uh, with the finishing move and with the regular move for this person? So... 
Uh, and I think the wrestlers do a good job of kind of uh, talking about that and mixing it up when they get out there to do their match. But it's always one thing that drove me crazy. So I always like special wrestling moves, um, finishers that not only you can hit at any time, you can hit them with it, but at the same time, you know when it's coming, and when it's coming, it's a finishing move. Like, for example, um, you know, an elbow drop. An elbow drop, you can hit the elbow drop at any time. But <laughs> when you do it as your finishing move, of course, that wrestler is going to have a, quite a few little setups and little moves and let you know what they're doing, and they're going to hit the elbow drop. So um, it's things like that that just that's a good example. But the overall, um, I got a lot of responses for the finishing moves. I think I have a total of about 25 different moves that were mentioned. Although I picked the top, I wanted to pick the top three that people put on there the most. And the, even though I said top five, I picked top five for a reason, so they can pick the top three. Uh, the top three number one pe- number one things that people talked about were the stunner, the RKO, which is kind of the same move, um, and it was kind of a tie between the Canadian Destroyer, which is an amazing move, um, and Sweet Chin Music. Uh, there was a lot of other honorable mentions, you know, a lot of other ties for the next, they you know, pretty close to it. Um, a lot of other, uh, and a lot of other just moves like the cross-face chicken wing, and uh, um, you had the, you had the C4, and, um, you know, the ankle lock, you, a lot of good, a lot of good other mentions of good finishing moves, but those are about far the ones that hit the most. And like I said with those, my top five, I have a reason why I choose these top five. I like moves that are unique, that are different from anything else, but also I like moves that are straight up, you can hit them at any time. And my number one all-time favorite move that I think you can hit it at any time, and it's the best, and no matter who, when it when it happened, you cheered and screamed, and it was like, oh, yeah, you know, was the Stone Cold Stunner. And no one did it better than Stone Cold Steve Austin. And... Now, Steve, Steve would hit it on a lot of people, but no one sold it better than probably The Rock, Shane McMahon, um, and um, Triple H sold it pretty good. Kurt Angle sold it pretty good, but no one sold it like The Rock. The Rock would, man, flip over, and it was it was, it was amazing. Um, but um, the so-called stunner was by far uh, probably the best move. You can hit any time. My, my, but my all, but I think my my favorite move above that though. I mean, I do. I'm going kind of going in, um, and I, and I'm going in any certain order. My number one move though that I think is better than that that you can hit at any time, and it's my favorite all time move, my favorite wrestling move of all time. No, if you just said quick one, this is the move I want to see. This is the move I want, and that is Shawn Michaels' Sweet Chin Music. And the amazing thing about the Sweet Chin Music is that yes, it is a kick to the face, to the chin. Um, yes, other people can have it, but when other people do it, it's different from when Shawn Michaels does it. Other people can have a kick to the face. It's nowhere near the same as when Shawn Michaels does the kick to the face or kick to the chin because of this sweet chin music. Um, you can hit that anywhere, any moment, anytime. You can also sell it. You can also build it up to that moment. That's what Shawn does in, does in matches. Um, I have I've seen him do it amazingly. The best the best time he's ever. You know, the best moments when he's used the super kick. Um, and I still think Sean Benjamin match on Raw where he's flying off the rope and Sean just hits him is by far the best. 
but the, also the one knocking Bret Hart in the wheelchair was great. Um, uh, the one, uh, there's a couple against The Undertaker that were good. Um, it's just been a lot of good Sweet Chin Musics out there. But that's my all-time favorite move. The other three on, on the list uh, would be a Pedigree. I've always loved the Pedigree. Actually, when I always make a, a wrestler uh, on any kind of video game, I always gave them the Pedigree. I love the Pedigree. Um, but it's a move you can't you can't just do at any time. You have to literally um, set the person up for it. So it's one of those, it kind of breaks my rule a little bit on that. But it's just such a great move. And if you look back, really, no one's ever no one's ever done it. No one's ever tried to do it because it's like kind of Triple H's thing. Other moves people has took it, like, you know, the RKO, for example, is a form of the diamond cutter. I mean, it's it's different forms of the stunner. It's kind of similar but um, than that. But it's more of a, more of a the, the RKO and the diamond cutter is more of like a, a kind of a flying DDT, front face DDT. Um, and, uh, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, people has, people has used the stunner and people has used a different version of it. Um, there's some other moves that I'm going to name that people's had, um, their own versions of, but no one has had the pedigree. Think about it. No one else out there that top name is using the pedigree. If they are, I never knew of it. No, they may be doing something very different, but. No one, no one that I know of is doing it other than Triple H. So that's what I like to think is neat about that. Uh, then you have the spear. Uh, ultimately, the spear. I love Edge's version of the spear. Of course, you had Goldberg, too. Goldberg um, did it pretty well, uh, too. Of course, that was Goldberg. But that wasn't really Goldberg's finishing move. And that really wasn't, so to speak, Edge's finishing move, although he did finish some finish some. Um, finish some uh, matches that way, and so did Goldberg. Um, but the, uh, and then of course, so did, um, Roman Reigns uses it now and it's just amazing. Now everybody can do it. It has to be done. What I liked about Edge is Edge was a smaller guy compared to like Goldberg and Roman Reigns. So even though Edge did it being a smaller guy, you would think, uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't sell as much, but no, it, it sold and it was amazing. And still the best spirit of this day was when he, um, when he got, um, Jeff Hardy off the top rope or off the, I'm sorry, not off the top rope hanging from the rafters on the belt, uh, and he hit that. Uh, my fifth and final move um, is probably going to be the sharpshooter because I have to have a some sort of a... Um, you have to have some sort of a... Um, um, submission move in there. So it would have to be the sharpshooter, uh, one of my favorites. Um, Scorpion Deathlock, you know, that's uh, Sting did it that way. So it's... Um, it's an amazing move. I like it. I love the move. Um, best, probably one of the best submission moves out there. Um, you know, takes a little bit of setting up, but it's still a great move. Some honorable mentions, of course. I'm, you know, I love the rock bottom. The rock bottom was amazing. Um, I loved uh, that move. You can almost hit that out of anywhere, but it still required some sort of setup, and you would. It was easy to get out of, though. That was the problem with the rock bottom. You could just elbow, the, elbow, elbow him in the head. But I like the rock bottom. The walls of Jericho. I love. That's another. Fin- that's another finisher that I like. It's similar to similar to the sharpshooter. But see, I, I like the. I don't like the Boston Crab version that he does now. I like the old WCW line tamer version. Um, that was that was amazing. I, I liked it where he was more on the neck and put the knee into the back and. That was more of the... He changed it up a little bit, I think, just because he wanted to change some stuff when he came to WWE. But um, 
but yeah, that's that move is great. And then, of course, Star KO Diamond Cutter. I love that move because it's one of those hit out anywhere, and it's similar to the stunner. And those are honorable mentions there. But so that there you go. There's the top finishing moves. If you have any more, um, feel free to tweet me at Daniel Spencer, um, or um, you know, send me send me someone you think if I missed out on some you th- you like your five or. Um, if we're, if you're listening on the uh, if you're friends on the pro wrestling talk and you haven't posted yours yet, go ahead and post yours um, and see if you or if there's five more or some other ones you think of that was that may hey, was was this something that was mentioned or or maybe this sparked up your memory of think of other things. Uh, go ahead and sh- uh, send me a shout out on that. Um, now on to um, SummerSlam. Um, it was a great pay per view overall, of course. People don't like the whole John Cena um, Lesnar matchup. Um, yeah, the match. I was I was one tweeting out and pretty pretty mad at the whole match itself. It was just a suplex after suplex after suplex and just terrible. But from a writing standpoint and looking at the creatively of what WWE is trying to do, it makes perfect sense to have that match be the way it was. You're trying to make Lesnar the most dominant force, the most hated heel right now, champion, and you're gonna you're gonna get your com- climax, your 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 reveal, your yes, it's finally over in at WrestleMania 31, and then you're gonna have to make Lesnar dominant like that, and I don't know what the next match is gonna be. This rematch with Cena. If it's going to be very similar, it probably won't be. They'll probably see it probably give it a little more offense, but um, I understand what they're doing, and I get it. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Um, the worst match, uh, I wouldn't say that last match was the worst match. I think it was probably, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, AJ Lee and Paige's match was decent, but... Um, I walked away <laughs> from a couple of times during the show, um, and that was during that match and during the um, um, We the People match, uh, flag flagpole match. I um, so I don't know. I don't know what will be the worst match. Uh, the ones I saw, um, I still I still can't I still can't narrow one down. I mean the the lumberjack match was. I never, I never was a fan of lumberjack matches, so I, I don't know the whole Kane getting involved and just uh, I don't know. I wasn't really too fan of that match, so maybe that's my that's my prediction there. But it, overall, it's a great show. I mean, it really was. It was worth nine ninety nine, uh, worth more than that, I guess too. But nine ninety nine is definitely worth. Um, Lesnar as champ. Uh, Lesnar as tra- champ is amazing. Um. I'm excited for what the WWE is going to do. I can't stand Lesnar myself, so I'm ready to have somebody I hate hold the title and ready for it to say, please, please lose this this belt, please lose this belt. I am ready for all that, um, but um, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, as of right now, um, I, I predict they'll hold it until WrestleMania 31. I don't see them dropping anytime sooner. I know there's already rumors that thinking that Lesnar's going to get it immediately the next pay-per-view. I think that's the dumbest idea WWE would ever do if they ever if they're even thinking about it. 
obviously the only way that would have to happen is if something's wrong with Lesnar, and Lesnar can't hold the title that long or something like that. But he's contracted out until WrestleMania 31. So unless he's a um, unless he's injured, I mean hurt badly, which he doesn't look to be, um, I don't think it's going to happen. Paul Heyman is the best heel there is, uh, manager-wise, advocate, whatever you want to call himself. And um, I'm loving every minute of that. I think uh, you know, it's, having Lesnar or having uh, Heyman next to Lesnar, it's making me to- able to watch Lesnar and Heyman. If Lesnar was just by himself, well, first of all, it wouldn't work. But second, because Lesnar's is terrible. But second of all, I couldn't, I couldn't want, I couldn't like it. I couldn't get into it. I w- it wouldn't work for me as champion. He would have to drop the title soon. So Hammond Heyman works. And I gotta get his DVD. I heard it's amazing. Um, the um, I don't know if I'm gonna wait till if I can wait that long for come on the WWE Network or uh, just go get it. Next up, um, the whole Nikki, Stephanie, or Stephanie and Bree and Nikki Bella. I called it. I said Nikki was going to turn. It makes sense. Um, it also makes sense for Nikki and Bree, I guess, to have a match at Night of Champions. Um, keep Stephanie involved somehow. Maybe Stephanie can screw uh, Bree out of that one again. And. Um, and then what it's gonna it's gonna be a full circle thing. What's gonna end up happening? I mean, I hate to I hate to call it out, and it's very predictable, but it's gonna put bets in the seats, and people's gonna be interested, and that's good. Uh, that's what it's all about. But it's gonna come around to where you're gonna see Stephanie finally having another match with Bree, and Nikki turning back on Stephanie and joining Bree again. It's gonna eventually happen. Um, it's just kind of waiting. Uh, for that to for that to all come full circle, how long it's going to take? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm glad. I like what they're doing with that. I do, and um, you know, it's just good. Uh, two other topics though, I want to I want to jump on. Uh, one is I think the WWE is listening to this podcast, and I hope they are. Great. Because since the last podcast, we I mentioned about how to help the WWE Network was after Raw goes off on Monday night, you have the remaining 20 minutes or whatever it is that you do in front of the crowd, the after show, you have it live on TV or live on the WWE Network. That is the extra match you're going to do, whatever it is, exclusively on the WWE Network, watch the remaining half of Raw or watch whatever goes on. Let Raw go over now. It's already a three-hour show, so trust me, it's... Having it already a three-hour show and then going another 20 minutes, yeah, maybe that's much. Maybe, but, but it worked because I, I don't know what the how many people turned it on that day. Um, but going finishing Hulk Hogan's birthday celebration, I did. I went right to it. I was like, "Great, this is awesome!" And I was able to finish it, even though it was just goofy and funny, and it was nice for whatever happened on there and in the whole because they already brought out the Brock Lesnar and stuff like that. But I understand why you you don't want to waste you don't want to you want to test out on the first time. But I tell you what, if you would have had Brock Lesnar come out, and then we're going off air, catch the rest on the WWE Network, and then finish the rest of that after that right there would have been more of a selling point than the than the point afterwards. So WWE is getting on the right track. They only did that the last Raw. They didn't do it this past Raw. Um, 
but I'm telling you what, WB, you need to do that more often and make it not not something just to finish the birthday celebration. Make something happen like Lesnar coming out, staring someone down, and then say, turn it on WWE Network to see what the rest, to see what's going to happen. That is when you, that is what people's going to be like, I'm going to have to get this because I'm missing. And then just show pictures the next night, the, the following week on SmackDown. Just show pictures on the, just like you do the pay-per-views. Don't show video. Show pictures. Make people think, if I don't get the network, I am going to miss out on this. That right there is by far the best way to help viewership to the WWE Network. I'm telling you, WWE, you're listening. I think you are. You're working on it. Keep it up. All right. And uh, the other thing is the new no- new logo, which is the WWE Network's logo. I was against it at first. I was like, this is dumb. Why change the logo? Yada, yada, yada. But now that I'm looking at the new logo... Looking at the old logo they've had for a long time, for the past 12 years, whatever it was, when they knocked the F off, and they've really had it longer than that, but officially, they, the logo they had without the without the, the F, where it was when they had to go to WWE. This logo looks better, it's more slick, it's it's more, more up to date. I like this logo better than the other one. The other one was more attitude. It was. This one is more um, new millennium, new, new era. Um, I know New Era was was really technically before, or that was New Generation, so New Era, I guess, would work. Um, but um, it works. It works great. I like the new logo. I think it's fine. The new title, I'm glad you went down to one title. Once again, you're listening to me, WWE, and I, I had a feeling that was going to be in the works. I still don't like the stupid customized stuff. Quit putting the crappy logos on the side of whoever's, whoever's the belt. Make one stinking flipping belt. Make it have the logos. Make it have everything on there. And that's it. Quit customizing the belt. Quit it. Keep it regular. Keep it what it is. Keep it Keep it, Keep it. it a decent belt. Also, the fact that the logo was so huge in the middle. I mean, I guess it is what it is. I think it would be cool to have go back to the eagle globe or something to make it worldly, worldwide. Maybe that's what the side logos can be. I don't know. Just get those stinking custom logos off of there. But I'm okay. I think the new logo change was was the right move. I think that was great, um, and that was smart to them to do. Make it all one company, movie network, and the w, make it all one logo. Um, I think it works. Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I think it works. Um, lastly, I want to go over this um, Jericho and Wyatt. Uh, I do think that what Jericho and Wyatt's doing uh, is great, um, and uh, I do think that. Um, that uh, I'm glad their feud is. I don't think their feud's over. I think it's going to continue because, based on Jericho's podcast, it's not like it was going going to go on for a little bit longer. Uh, so I do I do like what's happening uh, with that, and I think there's a lot more uh, to come with them in this next night of champions match. And I don't know how far I can't remember how far Jericho is contracted through, but I know it's com- I know it's not long. It's just for a few months, and then he's got he's going back to his Fozzie. So. Um, I don't know if they're going to end it with some kind of a match and he's going to say, I'm going to leave. I don't know how they're going to gimmick it up, but um, but I do think their feud is pretty good and I think I think it's helping Wyatt go to that next level. Um, but, uh, but that's all um, that I'm going to talk about on this show. Like I said, this is kind of, I'm going to break it up into two shows because it hasn't been, it's been a while since I touched base. I want to talk more about the SummerSlam at the end. I'm going to talk about Ziggler and the IC title. I want to talk a little bit about TNA. Uh, what things are going on with TNA? 
um, and um, and how um, and how that's happened. You know how, what what I feel like TNA needs to do, and um, little things that I've noticed about them, um, and um, you know that's that's pretty much it. And we'll, we'll you know I'll quite touch base about this and uh, a little bit more. But um, but right now the the WWE's current product um, overall is decent. Uh, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Um, of course, there's other things that I want to see happen, but ninety percent ninety percent of it is decent. Uh, they could, there's a lot of work that can always be done. Uh, somebody somebody called somebody called me out and said I'm more of a homer. I need to talk. I need a I need a critique WB. Oh, I critique them though. I mean, I'm always, I'm again, I mean, you know, I, I think the, I'm getting tired of the authority. I don't think they need to be doing, they need to be the top heels. I think the top heel needs to be Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Um, I think they're not pushing enough people down in the mid card. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff and I'll get more into that next week or later on this week or on episode four. Um, like I said, I just wanted to to get this going and get this on here because uh, it's been a while, and um, and I'm sorry for the long delay, but I appreciate your all's uh, willingness uh, for all that. So, um, and I won't do the moment of the week. The moment of the week, I'll save that for episode four. I'll save that for what it goes on there. So, pretty much, um, you know, this has been a uh, kind of a touch base show. Uh, once again, I appreciate all your support. Uh, check out LiveSportsCaster.com and all the other things. Uh, check out those links on there. Support the sponsors. Um, and thanks so much for tuning in. And um, stay tuned, man, because when I reveal, I'm going to reveal some other stuff into uh, episode four that I think you're going to like. So um, God bless, and um, thanks for choosing, listening to the Pile Driver. <laughs>